The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber, Jim Cramer. We're live from Post 9 at the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has the morning off. Let's give you a look at futures this morning as we get ready to trade one half an hour from now. I don't know. I guess that means we're going to be down. Just cross the Dow off. Why do we bother? Well, because atavistic. I mean, NASDAQ is what matters. While our viewers look up the word atavistic, I think that's a perfect word for it. Let's give them a roadmap, though, because we do have some other things we're going to talk about. Tesla's under pressure in the pre-market, despite what was a beat on the top. And bottom lines. Don't worry, I got a whole wrap on that. I bet you got a wrap on it. Netflix posting strong sub growth. It cracks down on password sharing. Again, though, that stock also down. In fact, it's one of the biggest laggers. Don't worry, I have a wrap on that. He's got a wrap on that, too. How about J&J? You got a wrap on that? Yeah, I do actually real good. Earnings beat, hikes its full year guidance as medical technology sales surge. Christian's been talking about J&J a bit on the list. Yeah, but I knew it was going to be down. I told him it's going to be down. It's down big. All right, let's start with Tesla, though. Uh, Lower in the pre-market quarterly results overshadowed by a decrease in gross margins. Of course, many of our viewers are well aware of the price cuts that took place on last night's earnings call. Elon Musk said investors should think about Tesla on a long-term basis. The short-term variances in in gross margin um, and profitability really are minor relative to the long-term picture. Autonomy it, um, will make all of these numbers look silly. So, you know, I strongly believe Tesla is an epic long-term investment. Um, and don't sweat it when, you know, things go up and down. In fact, if the market panics, buy. Um, if, if the market's a little too exuberant, sell at the time. But but just generally, like, like I feel I, I'm confident, you know, we, we will deliver over long-term, but can't control short-term. So... And, and these, the, the, the autonomy is, is really where it's at. Autonomy is where it's at. Obviously, something he also had uh, indicated to me during our interview back on May 16th now, some time ago. But this move to full self-driving, when it occurs, and the, the uh, ultimate accretion of revenues that will occur as a result of what he believes over many years will be fleets of Tesla robo-taxis, essentially. Of which and they they'll take a piece. And they'll, and they'll take a piece of that revenue stream. But give me your overall take here on the, on the quarter, Jim. Okay, so I, I think that when you have the best-selling car in Europe, when you have an aggressive ramp for the Cybertruck, when you talk about how you're going to have people who are going to use your, your full self-driving, you actually, you know, actually, I don't know, sell it to others because it's so much better in the same way they did the charge. 
But you talk about how you're going to have to spend more money on a supercomputer. People say, you know what, this stock has run enough, and so I'm going to take profits. Uh, and it tends to be a one or two day affair uh, if that happens. But holy cow, you know, once again, long-termers have to hold on to it. And a lot of this is in keeping with what you said in your, what you had with your interview. He's just a visionary. He's not a one-quarter visionary. And there wasn't anything in this that I didn't think made it so that 2025, 2026, 2027 are amazing years for this thing. So if you want to sell it, fine, because you feel like the market should be broadening to other areas. David, he is every bit as, as thoughtful and as inspirational and as forward-looking as indicated in your interview. Um, they do talk about full self-driving. Uh, and, of That's course, he even acknowledged, and he did during our interview as well, and he did on the call last night. I know I'm the boy who cried FSD, but I think it will be better than humans by the end of this year. Did you hear Mr. the Musk numbers that he that It's 10 to 1 that they're better than, you, than humans. That's Yeah, that's what he says it will be the case. Yeah. And um, by the end of this year, again, he says they'll be better. And he says he's been wrong in the past. He could be wrong again, Jim. Um, but that's a key part of the investment thesis for some is, is that, again, that new revenue stream that will come. People pay 15000 bucks right now. They don't book it all immediately for full self-driving right. when they take that package, so to speak. But that it will create another revenue stream, which is why he says they can withstand taking their margins down over time. In fact, as he said to me and to, to well, how about the, 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 I can sell the cars virtually, you know, f- making very little profit. But over time, I still will make a, an enormous amount of profit. But that's that's a long term belief. Well, you have to understand this guy is ahead of everybody else. I mean, when someone when, when a CEO actually comes on and says it's ridiculous that we even have free cash flow. But we're making so much money. It was like, we can't hide it. He doesn't ever. Uh, there's a moment, I think the, fi- the finest moment in the call is when he actually praises NVIDIA and says that he has to build a supercomputer. But because NVIDIA sopped up all the GPU cards, he has to like, and be, he, he, well, he can't get what he needs from NVIDIA. And to he your has point, though, they're, they're spending a lot of money on, on AI as well. Yes. And that's why I think you said, I mean, free they're, cash flow is still there despite that. Right. And that's amazing, um, but he has so much free cash flow, and the solar story is still very good. But there are always going to be people who want to sell this stock down. And I say, you know, go sell. I look, it's just longer term. Well, it's yeah, just the, the multiple is still a, the multiple is still incredibly high. Right. So that's why it's easy to take. It's easy to take it down. But the amount of the billions of dollars, it's making twenty-five billion dollars a quarter. And by the way, he has gap income. I mean, he has real gap income. So I found the quarter to be excellent. I keep coming back to your interview because I think your interview was basically saying, look, there's everybody and then there's me. And I do it differently. So it's harder to pin him down to the way we look at stocks. But I just felt, once again, it was a great quarter. And if you want to sell it, go sell it. But it's probably going to probably look back at things. A bit Not to idea. put too fine a point on it, but referencing that interview, let's take a listen because Musk did make it very clear. And again, that's sort of the same theme when we did uh, talk back uh, a couple of months ago. Take a listen. Yeah, so... Um, Tesla is the only uh, car company selling cars that where, where we believe the, the car is capable of achieving full autonomy with a software update. So the, the value of a fully autonomous, a fully autonomous car is, um, we think, um, perhaps uh, five times more valuable than a non-autonomous car. Why? Well, uh, the utility of a car, typically a passenger car, is going to be maybe 10, 10 hours a week. Yeah, we didn't let him fully explain. Look, 
No, but David, that's the, the it, that's the of, utility of a current car, and then of course with his car, it's going to be a lot. The theme of, of of what he's saying is is that the way you should look now versus what's going to happen is. First of all, you're not going to be behind the wheel. Second, we're not going to have a car going to be worth much more because it's going to be used constantly uh, like an Uber. But you don't you don't question at all the valuation or the. I, I, I know. I mean, okay, maybe we're, I'm being we're, too. We're nearing, we were nearing a trillion dollar market value, I, backing off a bit. Obviously, you see an early going. Although we'll see how the stock. Look, actually I think trades people are going to sell it, but I just think that when it comes back to longer term stories, I'm not going to be as concerned about the valuation, given the fact that I believe him when he talks about self-driving, which is a huge part. I believe him when he talks about solar, and I believe him on the need to build out a supercomputer, because that's what Jensen Wong told me. So, look, I mean, these are situations that are really very difficult for the viewer at home to understand, that there'll be institutions that'll say, listen, I'm not paying that multiple. And then the people who just say, you know what, I heard him say this to Faber. I saw those numbers. I can't sell this because if I sell it, maybe I miss, I've dodged a 10% decline. But boy, I I will be very upset when the stock doubles. Um, One other thing, just quickly before we move on. He did also say that they're engaged in early discussions with a major OEM about licensing full self-driving. And that was the most important thing. Is it Volkswagen? I don't, I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't know. And again, early discussions. It doesn't mean anything. Can you call here, him but he and did find say out? Open to it. That was the most try. important. Oh, call him because he try. wouldn't say who. I can try and find out. But yeah, it was. I I love the conference call. It's just so different from when he used to promote himself. It was just a very strong call. Um, and some interesting stuff on the macroeconomic environment, which we'll get to in a bit. But let's move on to other movers this morning. Netflix is lower in the pre-market. Quarterly revenue coming in shy of what most analysts had been expecting. Uh, that, despite the company adding 5.9 million subscribers, was helped by, of course, that crackdown on password sharing. Um, but, Jim, the key question here is, you added that many subs. Why was your revenue essentially flat quarter over quarter? That was, the, that was really the, the analysts were mostly focused on that. I think that, and, and it, it's a legitimate question, uh, because they do it. They should be making more money, yeah. but they didn't really have growth in the Americas. But what people missed on the call that I thought was really important was that they said that a person who is ad tier is worth a great deal more than a person who is just regular, okay? Regular user who doesn't take the ads, which means that they can raise price, which would drive people to the ad. They had no money. Really, they, they weren't able to get the ad uh, revenue in this quarter. But if you look at year two of where they are, you're going to see that they, they are able to put through big price increases now that they've cleared. This was just a password sharing quarter. And they didn't want to raise prices while they were doing that. If you can raise prices for your for your uh, your regular tier, yeah. no ad, yeah. then people switch to their ad tier, the, then the leverage, it, the earnings explode. Because the person who's on ad is worth so much more to them. So they're literally going to be driving uh, but people it, but Let me understand, why didn't they see any of that take place during this quarter? That seemed to me to be, uh, they're, not, uh, they're not under promise over deliver. They just said they didn't have the technology in yet. To take they advantage weren't ready. of. They weren't ready. And they didn't, they were too to focused on To deliver the ads or what? To no, do no what? on the password share. No, they're selling to, they're right, right now talking to the consumer packaged goods companies. They don't have it yet. They don't have the numbers that they need. What they're doing is showing them, look, you went targeted. Here's the product that we have to give you. 
Now, I, I, look, I'm being as random as they were on the call, but I think the major takeaway is they can raise price. And anybody can raise prices, of which is Amazon, Costco, and Netflix. That's all you need to know. So, you, again, you can sell your Netflix. And what am I paying for a company that grows revenue 3%, Jim? And, I mean, I, I brought this up with you yesterday. You were very positive. Because I believe, be. I believe that the ad tier, which they downplay, is checking. You do. Yes, I do. Most important number that came out of that comp school, 37% of all viewings now streaming. So if you can imagine, you can offer Procter & Gamble a particular series of ads around the world, and now they're showing you exactly where people are watching and why, and you can target those people. Why would you ever put a linear ad in anywhere? Mm-hmm. If you have 37% of the people are streaming, I, it was an amazing call. Now, they don't have read anymore. And I think Reed's voice needed to be on the call. Because, well, they have him still. He's well, I know, but I'm just saying the that, they, look, they have great people. I happen to love Ted. I, Ted's I, I think Ted he's fantastic. Does, right. I think he's fantastic. But I think the main thing people, the undercurrent that people are missing is, is that they're going to drive people to the ad tier and they make a ton of money in the ad tier. It just didn't happen this quarter. Um, let's take a listen, actually, to, uh, to what uh, Peters had to say about password sharing on the call. Greg Peters. We anticipate pulling both linear and digital dollars, but where we are today, we're much more targeted at that linear brand-focused TV advertising. That's a sweet spot that we can speak to right now. We're definitely building capabilities and have an aspiration to build capabilities that over time will allow us to expand that envelope. But you know, again, we you know, prize number one first is to go after that brand advertising. Well, that's it, Dave. That's good. That was the point I'm trying to make here, which is that they're going to go after Procter, mm-hmm. okay, and Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. and they've got more. They have data that now looks like what an ABC or CBS would give them. They didn't have that. Okay. So when you're up in front of the advertisers or, you, or the ad firms, they're going to say, "Listen, you want you want Korea? We'll give you Korea. You want right. you want Germany? We'll give you Germany." So the two of the more important companies that we follow, and certainly in terms of the sentiment in the are market this today. morning, are, are both down, 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 are down rather today. sharply. Yes, although, they are. Uh, and you're positive on both. I, look, I'm taking in more than a day view. And the way, and I'll tell you, I've been struggling for to be able to come up with the, the analog that will make it so our viewers know that I'm not just smoking dope here. Adobe was at 480, comes in, reports a really hot quarter, spikes to 510, then does the pirouette, goes all the way back down to 480. Where is it now? 520. Adobe is your analog of what's going to happen to all of these stocks. And that's because people, the short-termers just say, I, you know, I, I, this stock's run too much. I want to get out. But the people who are considerate realize I'm finally getting my chance to get into Tesla and into Netflix at lower prices. These, by the way, these tend to not reverse on a given day. Netflix does not typically reverse on a given day. It goes down today, goes down tomorrow, tries to bottom like mine. Usually a three-day reaction period. But... Are they solid stories where everybody raised price target? Yes. Right. There's no price target decline of any analysts. No, Nobody cut no, the price No, I mean, target. generally, I'm looking at J.P. Morgan notes, strong execution. That was a good report. Yeah. Um, executing in the global paid sharing rollout well. Well, so, just yeah, I generally, think that you, you correctly nailed what people are going to sell it for, which well, is where's the revenue growth. I, mean, I talked to a couple and this I think morning. Our Why quote, revenues kind of flat if but, subs are up so because, much? And they missed Peter, expectations. What Peters is saying, look, you know, the ads here, they, look, these guys are so not promoting. They're more interested in talking about, like, you know, what's selling where and who's doing what. Right. And, the, and by the way, David, Strike came up a little bit because Jessica Reeve called right. She was the one who was asking the questions. They do one analyst. And the Strike does is they're, they're trying to get the deal done. Yep. But let me just say, 
that if you want international program, I mean, people just have No, this. they make a lot of their stuff right. internationally, Young and people. that potentially is seen as a benefit, although, frankly, they are still moving free cash flow po- uh, uh, ahead this year, potentially, but taking it from next year because they still right. are going to be hit by if it I if were, this goes for a long period of time. If I were the strike. Uh, um, a company that is involved with linear TV, I, I would be very concerned that they're going to be now that it's 37%. Yep. That, that the discussion is going to be, guys, I would love to advertise my new product with you, but Netflix has a deal that they're making with me that's in 100 countries, and they're offering me that I can sponsor the hottest program in the world, and it's just worth it for me, so i got to take back, i got to take $100 million out of your budget. And of Real course, good, David. One key is that Netflix is making a lot of money on streaming. Nobody right. else is. But let them sell. Let them sell it. It's Nobody fine. else is right Don't now. feel bad for the people who sell now. They probably have a nice yeah. game. But remember Adobe. And remember, there is a level where you got to come by and buy it. Got it. All right. We got a lot more earnings to get to this morning. We're Including take a quick break. Just Taiwan Semi. Taiwan Semi, Jim yeah. says. I'll add a Johnson & Johnson in there. Oh, oh we're give you more. Travelers give you next. At, I mean, yeah, Abbott at, Labs was nice. But the best, some people would say that the key to this market is Horton. Horton, here's a who. Couldn't resist. Yeah, no, I can't. Those were such good books. Uh, We got a lot more Squawk in the Street straight ahead. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Discover Financial leading the S&P laggards. Jim, we're going to have to get to that. So yeah, take a look that's, at it. That's a, there's real hair on that. Yeah. Uh, and you can, of course, see Netflix, which we spent some time on. A lot more, though, to get to, including uh, Jim's Mad Dash as well. we got a countdown to the opening bell that's uh, a little more than 10 minutes from now. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. All right, uh, we're going to do a mad dash now. We've mentioned J&J. We'll just do it here. But we're standing, so that's yes. always nice. Historically, people trade J&J wrong. They see the numbers point black, and they say, well, much better than expected. They bid the stock up. That's what happened this morning. At 610, they took it to 162. Now, who does this thing? I don't know. Robo-individuals. Then they get on the call, and the call is very cerebral, and you don't get the, you get a very good number of bounds, and a lot of the things that they're doing, especially med tech, really, really strong, okay? But they also have, you know, they have great cancer franchise. And then, David, there are two ethereal issues that people are trying to get their arms around. One is they gave you Ken View. They, you know, they brought Kenview public, 
the consumer business, and they're going to do an exchange, exchange offer. People have to understand how that works and ha- whether Johnson Johnson is going to buy back stock from you. Right. But they still own a lot of Kendi, right. but, but they're not going to. Right. right. So that's really big. And then the other thing that they, they've had a very hard time talking about in any way, because it's a black box, is what's going to happen with talc. And they, the lost, a, they uh, lost a big decision the other day. Related to, million. right, their production right. of talc and the claims that, right. it, this that is it has not, asbestos in it. I don't know where the hell we got this. This isn't even right. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to denigrate. It's just that the stock is, is holding in yeah. uh, after jumping up. And what I, people, I want people to take away is, is that if you want to view this as med, as a pharma, it's the fastest grower. If you want to view it as med tech, it and Abbott, which had a very good quarter, our, our, our can, we go back, can we go back a little bit longer, five but, years maybe? I'm just curious to see it's what it's been done a over huge the last five years. That's, and yeah. that's where I'm going. It's been a huge underperformer. Thank you. I mean, even as it has great technology. That's not great, Jim. Well, this isn't great. No, that's not great either. No. And this is a plaintiff's bonanza. They're offering $8.9 billion after they just lost this $18 million suit in Alameda County earlier this week. The plaintiffs may not be satisfied with $8.9 billion, and the judge that they're in front of is a no-go judge. They're going to have to appeal to it if it doesn't work. So, so why, and, do you, why own it? Why own it? Because it's, okay, that's a great question. One, it's one of two AAA balance sheet companies in America, along with J.P. Morgan. And two, it's got the strongest drug portfolio other than Eli Lilly. Yeah, other than Eli Lilly, did, which and, trumps it in market value, did you by see the, the way. No, Eli Lilly, people are putting out a $42 billion number in sales. Really? In, from, from in, two, in, in uh, out 10 years. $42 billion. Be the largest drug in history. That's a diabetes and, and weight loss. Treatment. And it most likely would be covered by insurance and they're going to take it by Medicare. Yes, they um, will pay for it right now. Because, it's very controversial because if you take people's weight down, there's so many other things, beneficial things that happen. That Blood pressure dropped health, dramatically. You save the healthcare system potentially right. money. Blood pressure comes down dramatically. Uh, and now, the one that that's wow. a five year that I like. Jim. Well, because right David, Ricks, David, Ricks, David Ricks is fabulous. Look at that and, versus James. David Ricks is so non-promotional. He's fabulous. And, David, you know what's the number one thing? Where was thing? the person to tell me, get rid of J&J and buy this five well, years I, ago? Well, we own both the J&J and Lilly for the trust, so I feel it's me because I've been emphasizing Lilly. Now, let me just say one other thing about Lilly. There's a, there's something, there's a sotto voce aspect of, Lil, of Lilly that people aren't talking about, is that heavy drinkers don't like the taste of alcohol once they start taking the drug. So they're going to do a study, first time ever, because alcohol is so bad for you. If you can't get off alcohol, they're going to give you. Is it really so bad for you? So really, not well, even a the, glass you know, of wine or two. So bad. They're really. Really, it's, it's tobacco and then. Have you alcohol. like cut it out now? Suddenly, are you? Well, I, I own a mezcal company. No, no, no I'm Mr. Mezcal. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, come on, I got, I got a product to well, sell I, here. I wouldn't say that it's so bad for you then. That's not good sales. Well, I, 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 it's like Diet Coke wine. It's, it's not as it's not as heavy. Yeah. I'm just saying that if you're a heavy drinker, it's, it's a very could, bad thing be, for you. That's what I'm saying. There's a possibility of yet another indication. It's, so this thing not only will they're going to do tests will, for blood pressure, and heavy obesity, but also potentially. I'm just alcohol. telling you what the doctors are working on uh, in terms of big trials. Okay. Heavy drinker trial and blood pressure trial. Now that's a stock you wanted to own. David. All right. You ever met David? We got to go. You can't get him to be promotional no matter what. Uh, David Ricks, yeah. Yeah. All right. Opening bell about uh, four minutes from now. Remember, by the way, you can catch us anytime and anywhere. We have a podcast. It's called the Squawk on the Street Opening Bell Podcast. Welcome back. Uh, we got an opening bell a minute from now. Quick uh, turn to you and ask you 
what is the key to today's trading, what we like to call the key to this market. I've got to get away from the Netflix, Tesla stuff. It's all really important. But D.R. Horton's the largest home builder in this country. And they reported a number, David, that is so much better than I thought you could do that what it shows you is this is still the segment that the Fed has to worry about. Is it ever going to end this run in the home builders? Because they're not as, they're more immune to mortgage increases than we thought. The Fed. You know, Jim, percent of sales right now, new home sales are so much higher than they have been yes, in these guys, overall sales. You know, these 8,800 uh, this quarter, the main thing you need to know, though, and I think it's really important, is that home prices are up 40% since 2019, and that's the magic number that the Fed is upset about. 40% increase, and this says, listen, we are going to have more homes, but you're not going to get that price come, come down. You heard the, the uh, opening bell here at the big board. PSQ Holdings debuting via SPAC this morning. Over at the NASDAQ, generic drug company ANI Pharmaceuticals. Uh, all right. We've, you know, now, I was going to give a different key this morning, which was Taiwan Semi. Let's stay on DR Horton. Obviously, sure. we'll come back right. to Tesla and Netflix. We've hit J&J. DR Horton, give me a little more here okay. as to why you're uh, very happy with it. Okay. I, first of all, this is... At this point in the in the cycle, the tightening cycle, this stock should be the worst. It's the largest home builder in America. And when you have a tightening cycle that's really aimed typically at housing. Right. Instead, if you take a look, it's up 50% for the year. Uh, they have almost no cancellations. They have uh, raised revenue guidance dramatically, raised estimates dramatically. The cancellations are, are, down from, are, 20, are down to 18% from down 24%, which is really remarkable. So what I'm saying is, is that when you get a 1,400 basis point over consensus, this is one of the largest beats I've ever seen. And what it says is... At what point do we finally start to see a turn in these home builders, Jim? I mean, again, it has been unexpected, I think, to some extent, given all the... Uh, factors you just mentioned, they have been the best performing group, or one of them, for some period of time. Now, as I said during all that noise just now, um, percent of new, of all, of all homes, new home sales are higher than they've ever been. Ever I think been. at 30 percent. But that goes to it. There's no inventory. There's no inventory. And they talked about how there's a make good provision they can do if you have a high mortgage rate and you want to switch to them. But uh, what I mentioned this for is because we have Fed meeting coming up. And right. there'll be a lot of people who say, there's so much woe as me. How can the Fed raise? Okay, I'll tell you how. D.R. Horton. Because, because Powell, Chairman Powell, is determined to make it so the working person can have the American dream of owning a house. Up against that is the fact that they can't build enough houses and there's not enough inventory. So, why do you, so yes, you can make a strong case that you've got to raise twice because of D.R. Horton. Um, I mean, just, I'm just saying what, you know, yeah. the other side of the trade of why the market is somewhat subdued is people worried about the Fed. Well, if, don't, go, don't read Horton then because you're going to realize why they're afraid. Um, by the way, speaking of the Fed, it might be a good time to listen to John Gray. Do we have that? Because, of course, uh, Blackstone did report earnings, and as John typically does, he joined uh, Squawk Box this morning. Uh, and he had some comments in terms of his expectations for the Fed. Do we have those? 
All right, let's listen. I think we're going to continue to see better than expected inflation numbers. But I think the Fed, given what they experienced in the 1970s, is going to stay vigilant. And I think what that will lead to is a slowdown in the U.S. and the global economy. And so I think we've got to anticipate that. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. I think that they, the Fed wants to continue to try to slow things down, but I think that they're going to have a hard time. Uh, they've done it well in some regional banks where the regional banks actually have not done that well. That's where the emphasis is in terms of the decline. But, David, you were on the J.P. Morgan quarter. You were on the Wells Fargo quarter. Yes. Uh, you were on the Bank of America quarter. Yes. They were all incredibly good. They were, and the commentary around macro was good, the, really around the good. consumer. You didn't really get a lot bad. You know, Goldman Sachs was not a great quarter yesterday, but even there the stock sort of rebounded. Well, because there was verbiage by David Solomon, the CEO, which just says, listen, this is the worst it's ever been, so can it really get worse? Especially when there's green shoots in in Well, and then James Gorman, as you pointed out, uh, on the call and during the interview he did with Leslie Picker, also quite positive. So, yeah, you generally had a positive tone from the big banks, whether it's on the consumer and what they're seeing or whether it even is on the capital markets and what they hope certainly is a bottoming there in terms of both activity and M&A and things of that nature that can help them on the fee-based side. And then we still have the tremendous travel and leisure story. Uh, Now, people didn't like America as much, but Delta was really good. United was really good. There's enough to make it so that the Fed has to continue to do what it does, which is make things a little more difficult for the economy. Not a lot, but a little. Um, I did want to point out, you heard John Gray, of course, uh, president of Blackstone. They passed a trillion dollars in assets under management. A trillion. The size of these alternative asset managers and the growth that they've had in assets under management over the last, let's call it, five years, truly astounding. Uh, and they are such major players in our capital markets in every way across so many different asset classes. Just worth saying. You can see stock not doing much, down a bit uh, after ah, the earnings. It's been a horse. David China. Uh, it's got a bigger market cap than Goldman Sachs, just no, to put it in perspective. Yeah, because it's doing better. Yeah. You know, I mean, Babe Ruth had a better year than Calvin Coolidge. Now, one of the things I want to point out is, is that, once again, China's doing one of these Stimulus with housing because a quarter of their, of, of their GDP is, is retail. Yeah. I mean, is, is a quarter of the GDP is is housing. They want it to be retail. They can't stimulate retail, so they've been stimulating housing, and housing's overstimulated. Well, also, what they have a property bubble that's been bubble. bursting in China, and that's a real concern, particularly for many of the local governments that have used it to raise revenue by selling property to developers. Um, So you do want to go there, Jim, but you're right. They have not had the consumer ebullience, I guess you could call it, that was perhaps anticipated once they came out of COVID in China. And you'll see the Taiwan semi is down today. And a lot of people say, well, hold it. Wait a second. They make it for NVIDIA, so maybe NVIDIA is bad. Now, Taiwan semi directly talks about weakness in China. Talks about what, sorry? Weakness in China. Weakness. Remember, the Chinese cell phone market was the the market. Now, Apple's trying to frantically pivot toward India. But Taiwan Semi was a very bad, very downbeat call. And the thing that was really a, a challenge for all of us Americans is they said it costs 50% more to build a fab in this country than it, a factory in this country and than it does in Taiwan. they're doing in Arizona. Yes, and they, and they just delayed it till 2025. Why? We don't have enough people who are qualified to build a fab in this country so they have to fly them in from Taiwan. Say what that does that again. say I just, about I just want you to say that again. We do not, or I will say it, we, we do not have enough qualified people to build 
the facility needed by Taiwan Semi in Arizona. That little country. So they have to actually be brought in from other places. They're flying them in. That Can I ask then how so are we going educated. to build all these other fabs that the CHIPS Act is subsidize, helping to subsidize? Well, Madam Secretary, it's going to be very hard, Gene Raimondo, and we don't know. We don't have, Gene Raimondo's been the CHIPS person. Yes. Uh, I, was, I was very discouraged by the call because it made me. Can we more of these H-1B visas and do something like that? To, or? They have to. I was very discouraged by the call to hear that we are so much more expensive and that we don't have enough people in this country to build. We really fell behind in this country. And that Taiwan semi-call and the need for the CHIPS Act is great. Gene Raimondo is an American hero. But we do not have enough engineers in this country, David, to be able to make it so. We, imagine a little country like Taiwan has so many more engineers. And these are enormously have. expensive facilities with the obviously incredibly uh, complex right. array of technology inside them in order to make well, plus they also chips that have, you know, that are literally atomic level well, in terms they are, of it's their... Well, it's the Animore's Law. Yeah. And one of the things in the Animore's Law is that chips get more and more powerful. They get powerful and get smaller. That, that law's dead. Now, I know that Pat Gelsman just moved you, but it's done. But what, if people read through this to NVIDIA, they're wrong. Because what the problem is, is that Taiwan Semi also makes cell phone chips, and those are doing quite badly. And they make chips for PCs. And Taiwan they Semi makes chips end. for everybody, from then, the highest end, yes. NVIDIA, down. And then they make, graphical, they make graphics cards for NVIDIA. And we know from Musk that they're sold out of those. And there's those, a the, those the graphic cards, those moment. GPUs are what fuel large language models and this new advent. Right of generative AI. Oh, man, it's unbelievable. Generative AI, and I won't put they called it a frenzy, which therefore made it seem like it was a bubble. That it, it's, The problem is, is that there was only one company that had the vision to be able to see that it was important to be able to do, not with CPUs, but GPUs, and that was NVIDIA. And they knew that. Why, David? Because they were a gaming company, and the gamers always like GPUs. They never liked the CPU. CPU being, by the way, the chip that's in your PC, just so I don't want to get too... Right. And the, but the GPU is what is fueling um, the calculations that need to take place. Yeah, it's why people like Salesforce. Why, why there's alphabet, some good things to say. Now, David, Jim, I don't want to, we can't lose sight of the fact that the market's up and it's broadening out, which is what everybody seems to want. Even but, with Netflix down 8% now, well, I would I mean, point out. It's broadening so out. People the are losses in Netflix have accelerated, at least in this first 10 minutes of trading. Well, remember, I told you that they did not tell the story the way I thought they should have, which is that every single person who's on the ad tier is worth a lot more, but they weren't ready. And they, too, are just not, they're just not hype artists. Yeah. These are wonderful uh, companies. Um, I did want to hit uh, a stock that we saw was at the top of the laggards list on the S&P, and that's Discover Financial. Oh. Oh I had a quick look here, Jim. You know, we, we obviously a lot of this is done in real time here. Yeah. Uh, they're talking. I mean, best I can tell. Let's see. Net charge-offs were 3.22 percent. That was 142 basis points but, higher. But it's the misclassification, um, right? Provi- provision for credit losses was 1.3 billion. That was up 756 million from the prior year. But again, there is this. Beginning around mid-2007, Discover incorrectly classified certain credit card accounts into our highest merchant and merchant acquirer pricing tier. That's since mid-2007. That said, the cumulative impact to beginning retained earnings as of April 1st, 2023 was a decrease of only $255 million. That's over a 16-year period. Um, Impact net income as well, hardly at all. They do also stop the buyback. Yeah, well, that's what made me think, wait a second, it's far more serious than the left. They do stop the buyback. They 
um, the companies decided to pause while they have an internal review of compliance, risk management, and corporate governance pending. Well, that was discouraging. On the flip side, Zions, which a lot of people thought was going to be bad, actually bested. That was a regional that people were concerned about. They bested, and I think that's important. You know, I, I um, can't, can I come from the banks because the banks wanna, are, the, are the fuel here. I want to come to a name that you follow closely, uh, Estee Lauder. Yeah. Okay, Down another 4% uh, well. today at Barclays. There is a downgrade. They talk about reinvestment ultimately pressuring medium-term margins. They're also wary of a more muted recovery in China. And on the heels, they said yesterday's disclosure of a cybersecurity incident, which again, the company in AK, we didn't get to this yesterday, I don't think, Jim. They said cause and is expected to continue to cause disruption to parts of the company's business operations. They can't wor- help but worry these issues are broader and more systematic than originally described. Okay, so Fabrizio Fritza is having a very hard time out as CEO. And one of them is that he did make a big bet on China. It's always been China. China's not coming back. That's important. It's a two-quarter issue. He told all the analysts it's a two-quarter issue. They continue because he's so great. I, my trust has owned this forever, okay, because I believe in Fritza. We made a lot of money. We sold it high, and then we bought it back. Uh, is this a J&J situation where well, J&J's going to come back, believe me? Uh, Estee Lauder comes back, but it's going to be two quarters because China is not spending like we thought. And that is uh, is vital. I don't want people to give up on Fabrizio. I think he's one of the greatest CEOs of all time. But if you decided to be involved with China, you got caught up in COVID. You got caught up in the Hainan, uh, you know, which is their Riviera. Uh, the fact that it was shut down. You got caught up in a, in a business they had of going to Korea and then sending uh, sending cosmetics back and selling them in China. If you give up on Fabrizio right here, I think you're making a very big mistake. But it's not going to be this quarter. That's and good. you're not concerned about this cybersecurity issue that they disclosed yesterday? No. I mean, so many companies, obviously, yeah. it's almost every day we get uh, one disclosure absolutely. or another. But you should be concerned about if you're going to sell it, what you're basically saying is he's lost his way. And I got to tell you, Fabrizio Freda is still one of the great consumer packaged goods CEOs of our time. Uh, I totally understand why you want to sell it because this quarter's bad. This quarter's bad. Next quarter will be bad, but not as bad. That's the way it's going to be. And remember, it's like people say, oh, Tesla quarter's not being good. That's different from this. Tesla's quarter's great. Right. Estee's quarter, it will be bad. Numbers will come down. And if you can't handle that, then you can't take the pain. I'm going to take pain. I'm going to buy the stock maybe 175 by more. Um, you know, to the point we made during the Mad Dash, Jim, J&J shares are having a very good day. Uh, in contrast to much of the year, up over 4% okay, now, Okay, well, J&J. J&J, and they handled the stock dipped down when they start talking about some of the litigation. If they get lit past the litigation, let me just give you this. It goes to 180. It goes where? 480. If they can just get the plaintiffs to agree to the $8.9 billion offer okay. and get rid of the talc issue, yep. 180. Because they have the fastest growing pharmaceutical business in the world, right. major, and they've got the fastest growing med tech business in the world. Right. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to bend over like this, but yes, no, that's I, okay. I do we, my best to hear you. And I don't, I know want to, the, I don't want to sacrifice the viewers at home. We apologize to all of our viewers sometimes for just how loud it can be here at the New York Stock Exchange. So that we can't hear each other. That's we the can't only hear each other. If I can't bells, hear David, I'm not a that Bells ringing person. everywhere. Jim, before we go to a quick break, anything else that you want to hit this morning uh, that we haven't uh, referenced yet? Obviously, Tesla shares sort of hanging in where we thought they'd be, about down about 4.5%. We hit Taiwan well, Semi. I think we should hit IBM. 
Oh, yeah, IBM. Yeah, yeah. okay, so IBM, uh, I like the quarter very much because their, their hybrid cloud plan is working. The analysts don't even seem to focus on it anymore. And then there'll be other people who say, listen, it's all done with mirrors. But uh, IBM had good cash flow. People were willing to actually talk about tolerate, tolerate that this quarter wasn't perfect. And I like that. What's happening, and I want to go over, these are different things. I mentioned Horton because of, of the Fed, not because I want you to buy Horton stock. Understood. Okay? Uh, I mentioned IBM because people have given up on IBM, and maybe that's not right to give up on this 4.7% yielder that, it, that actually kept the free cash flow number. Uh, they the did. Year. They stuck with that free cash flow number because there had been some questions about that. Free cash flow was $3.4 billion. A year-to-date net cash from operating activities is $6.4 billion, but... They got a long way to go for the rest no, of the year. I that know. said, they're sticking with it. I know, yeah. but I just think that to sell it here may not make, make all the sense in the world. Uh, you know, David, I'm looking at Tesla down 13. I'm saying people want to sell Tesla. They should go back and listen to the conference call, which was quite subdued. Right. Musk was subdued, but he's really not. He's just very thoughtful. It's not like the old Musk, okay? He's well, very thoughtful. He's going to always surprise you. So he is thoughtful, but he can be both. He can be thoughtful and he can also be, frankly, obnoxious. Right? No doubt about it. But yeah, well, he's been obnoxious to me. It's all right. I'm thick skin. I mean, I'm Jimmy I, Chill. I, you know, but the, but the, didn't you feel that, the, that his, talking about self-driving, and that there is a company that may have to use his technology, just like all the charging companies? Yes, yes, When, when we yes. announce the company, people are going to say, I can't believe it. Buy the stock. Listen, if we have Get fleets of robo-taxis made up of Teslas, this yeah. will this will hit that, right. that market car, cap number that, the, car that Ron and Barrett more, and Kathy Wood see. Right. Yeah. If you get the right. fleets of robo-taxis, yeah. And right. if Netflix can drive people toward the ad tier, yeah. stock goes high. Look at you. All right. These are good companies. Man, you are you are bullish. No, I'm just, I happen to like great American companies. And we don't celebrate it. And I'm determined to change. You, you do. Every day you try to change that. Executives. We're the not, people in the Netflix conference are brilliant. We're not cheerleaders, man. We're here to try and, you know, tell I it recognize, it I recognize greatness when I see it. Whether it's in football or this. We got guys like Jefferson. Aaron Rodgers, okay? There. I got guys better than Aaron Rodgers. Can't wait for hard knocks, by the way, focusing on my New York Jets. All right, let's give you a quick look at the bond market. Do a bond report. Check out how treasuries are faring this morning. We talked a little about the Fed, didn't we? Where's yield? There they are. Two years, 485. You can see the 10 is 382. We're back right after this. There's Apple. Up yet again. Let me Amazing. check that market value. Chimerical Almost story. Very close to a $3.1 trillion. Dollar. Interested in AI. They've been doing AI for years. I know. They've been doing AI for They've years. They've been AI before right. AI. We'll take a quick break. We'll get stopped trading. And if we have a little time, we'll talk some Apple. Back after this. All right, let's get to stop trading. And if we have a little time, maybe we can get to Kenview a bit in J&J. Yeah, because what Are you doing it to stop trading? Yes, because the stock jumped, J&J jumped when, because look, it was a great quarter. When they announced that this exchange offer with Kenview is going to happen in a couple of days, it's not going to be months overhang. And they're going to be able to do the biggest buyback in history, I think. They can buy back all the Kenview they want. Well, let's explain I mean, what's going J- on. J- J- let's can buy back all let's the, explain all the J- to people J- what's happening. You know, J- it's J- it's J- remember, Kenview was a very large IPO, went public. It's all those over the counter. Right. Well, and we're going to talk to the CEO in the next hour. Oh, great. J&J owns 89.6% of Kenview still. The question was, are you going to do a split off 
or a spinoff. Spin so they've gone the split-off route, exchange offer, as you right. just explained, Jim. And so if you're a J&J shareholder, you have an opportunity to exchange some of your J&J shares for Kenview shares um, in a tax-free manner. Right. Now, they got to do it with the right ratio because we know that IFF and DuPont weren't able to do it right. Right. Uh, if they do it the right ratio, then then J and J will be buying back an incredible number of shares, so to speak. Yep. And this stock, J and J turnaround, is now a big. Just when they announced that this is going to happen, so you have to ask the Kenview. What's happening is that there are people who want to don't want to own Kenview. Okay. Well, and there could be, as you say, the tender could uh, for it could happen in the next. They say coming, coming days. days. Coming days. So that's what turns the stock around, not the average, not the, the, the farm the, pipeline. Even though the farm pipeline, they is usually really great. give you some sort of discount to make it worth your while to want to do so it. But the, ask the other idea is it creates a shareholder base for Kenview of shareholders who want to be shareholders, exactly. as opposed to you just get these shares and then you don't really want them. Maybe. Or they that's, don't fit with your. That's what And then you sell them. So I think you've got to ask the Kenview CEO about the ratio, but this is very bullish for JJ. It is. Yeah, it's very bullish because they can do a gigantic buyback and they can end up just doing. It's just fabulous. And JJ talks about that. Exchange over provides JJ with the potential opportunity to acquire a large number of outstanding shares of JJ common stock at one time in a tax free manner for U.S. federal income tax. And then the stock went up. Right. Well, that's what it is. It's a giant repurchase, essentially. You're right. That, that was a great. Um, Joe Wolk is terrific, by the way, the CFO. He's the guy who's commenting on it. He's you're really reducing your overall he was share count. All right. What do you got uh, coming up on Mad tonight? Okay. I've got SAP. It's, it's a company which always confounds people. Like they bring in SAP. What happens? Stock goes down, then the stock goes higher. And uh, they do a very, very good job. Very good job. Jim? Medical enjoy, devices. I don't see you. Enjoy the weekend. Medical right? devices. It's tomorrow David, Friday. are broadening. Abbott Labs. Medtronic. EW. J&J &J Medical Device. That's what people are talking about. It's a broadening. Watch Abbott Labs. This is the first really great quarter for Abbott. Well, since, since Robert Ford took over, it's very good attempt. No more, uh, no more COVID hangover. Lots of good stuff to talk about today. Okay. All right. Jim Cramer, everybody. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.